Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MUU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Uh, welcome everyone to this I-29 podcast. On this podcast, we will be discussing kind of reproduction and mastitis, and we've got a brand new faculty member with South Dakota State University. Uh, my name is Jim Sulfur. I'm with the University of Minnesota Extension, and today as my colleague at Iowa State University, I'm joined by Jen Bentley. So Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Jim. Um, I'm Jen Bentley the Northeast Iowa Dairy Field Specialist with Iowa State University Extension and Outreach, and uh, happy to have Patricia on our podcast here today. She's our new I-29 MUU University member, so we're glad to have her with us. Yeah, so Patricia Vijamidana, I'm not sure I pronounced that correct. Um, maybe you want to correct me, Patricia, but with that, I'll turn it over to you, Tricia, and you want to introduce yourself and maybe talk a little bit about your background and what you're hoping to accomplish at South Dakota State. Thanks both of you. My name is correct pronounced Patricia Villamediana. So yes, I arrived here at South Dakota State University more or less two months ago in a extension daily field specialist position in extension center at Watertown. And I've been here in US during three years and a half working at the University of Idaho, but really I come from Venezuela. I am a vet and after my undergraduate, I went to Spain to make my master and my PhD degree in vet science. So the master in cellular biology and the PhD in vet science. But all my background is in animal reproduction, in in vitro embryo production. So first in goats, and then when I return to my country, I start a bovine in vitro system for the embryo production. I, I was a university professor there during 18 years. I teach genetics and my biology of reproduction there. So what will be your role here? Will you be teaching any classes or is it a 100% extension appointment? Uh, what Or haven't you thought enough about that? But what will be your charge here uh, in the upper Midwest or specifically at South Dakota? It's an extension, a 100% extension position, but I hope that someone can take advantage of my experience in repro. So hopefully I can help with repro or animal production and research in the repro area too, hopefully. And Patricia, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had the Central Plains Dairy Expo. So that was kind of your first outing or maybe presentation kind of out in here in the Midwest. How did that go? So I'm very excited about that because uh, everybody said to me that is the third big dairy expo in U.S. So really, it was amazing. There was a lot of people in there. And for me, was very special that they planning a Spanish session uh, because we know that probably the majority of our employees are, has a Latino origin. So it was amazing to see a lot of employees assisting to their presentations. The first day on Wednesday, the room was totally full. The people were sitting in the floor and they enjoy the presentation. And the same on Thursday, less people, but 
a lot. Was, well, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, Jim, I didn't make it out to Central Plains, but based on what Fred and Heidi were talking about, very good crowd at Central Plains and good interaction in the I-29 booths. Were you able to go to the conference there? Yeah, I was able to be, I had to go out to the um, dairy challenge out on Wednesday and Thursday, but Tuesday I was there for our dairy beef program. And I think it's the biggest crowd that we've ever had with our live program. And so we, we also had a waiting list. So I think it, you know, I, I think people are just anxious to get out and about. I mean, I, I think we've all been cooped up for so many years. We don't hardly even know how to interact. And it, it's been so nice. You know, I've, I've seen people, whether it's at Central Plains or other times and you know, there's people you see that when you really consciously think about it, you haven't seen them uh, since BC or be, before COVID. So it's just really kind of amazing. Even colleagues you work with, there's one, there's some colleagues that you haven't seen for a couple of years. So uh, it was really nice to get out and about. And I got the chance to visit with a lot of people. And I think it was a good program. Patricia, how has your family moved? How do you like South Dakota so far? You know, that's a pretty big move. You're a long ways from home. And so how's that all, all that went? Yes, I come from a dairy family. I am the third generation of dairy farmers there in Zulia in Venezuela. That is a, an area in my country that produce in the good times, like 70% of the milk, the total milk production in Venezuela. So uh, with the hard situation, the country situation, I need to leave Venezuela. And with the advantage that I born here in US during my father was pursuing his PhD. So that, that um, facilitated my move here. So uh, I was working in, at the University of Idaho. Then uh, I hopefully, I could bring my daughter here. She's a high school, a senior high school that is graduating this in June. So now I'm here alone, but hopefully in June, the family is going to be together again here in South Dakota. So the weather is hard for me, the windy season, but I'm very strong. I'm going to resist. And with the, in relation with the dairy field specialist position. So now I'm trying to make the entire picture of uh, my task in here. So I'm, I think that is a very good idea that I made like a survey almost in my, my expertise area in, the repro management of the dairy farms here in South Dakota to see what task, what areas I can help the farmers with. So in improving the repro performance. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, the Central Plains Expo, you delivered the topic mastitis and reproductive performance, the effects of, you know, mast what mastitis has on repro. So what were kind of the some of the objectives you were covering during that presentation? So first, uh, uh, insist in the, how important it is to control, to, to prevent mastitis and trying to uh, give the picture that mastitis not only affect the mammary gland, 
that has a negative effect too in all the system of the cow. And moving to my reproduct, so trying to explain that it's not only uh, in the traditional uh, repro, uh, how the mastitis affect the concentration of some of the hormones that control the repro cycle, but uh, that the development too, not only in vivo, so the embryos that we that the researchers transfer to cows suffer the effect of the mastitis. The, so, and then include the cost of the mastitis. Now that after I explain all the negative effects of the mastitis in the reproductive performance, try to figure it out that the cost of the mastitis to the, to the farms are not only uh, the treatment of the mastitis, the loss in milk production, but the embryo loss too. You know, Patricia, it only seemed logical to me that different organisms would have a different effect on reproduction. Do you want to comment or isn't there much difference? So different, you know, gram negatives versus gram positive mm. versus some of the other organisms. Is, is there a difference or do they all affect reproduction or do they all affect reproduction the same? So you talk about microorganisms. So we focus more in that presentation only in bacteria because we know that they more or less are the most common pathogen causing mastitis. But obviously we know that virus can uh, be uh, reprotract and affect the embryos. So, uh, and the algae, algae like a pathogen that can affect mastitis, we know that the, the eukaryotas can affect all the system too. So it's a systemic response in the body of the cow, the reproductive. So, but the bacteria side than in other pathogens. Do different bacteria affect the cows differently? So would a, a mastitis caused by coliform or Klebsiella be different than strep uberus and a, you know, staph aureus, or do they all really affect reproductive performance similarly? Yeah, logically, the gram negative affect more the pregnancy rate, the number of termination by pregnancy, the open days. But interestingly, the people that work with the embryo transfer uh, saw that the Corinobacterium bovis, that for mastitis, for the mammary gland, it can be a pathogen that protects for another ones that are more dangerous than the Corinobacterium. Uh, for the repro area, it's hard because it seems like Corinobacterium affect the signaling in between the embryo and the endometrium. So uh, for the rest of the stuff, it's very, very logical to think that the gram negative affect more the repro performance and that the more pathogenic, the major pathogens like you said, Staphylococcus aureus, uh, Streptogalactiae, uh, has uh, more effects on the reproperformance, but with the exception of the Corinobacterium. 
Has there been any research done looking at kind of a whole herd level? I know you've talked individually specifically about uh, at the cow level, but let's say my herd has a somatic cell count of uh, 50,000 and uh, Jen's, I have a somatic cell count of 500,000 and Jen's herd has a average somatic cell count of 100,000. What do you know approximately how many days open just that influence of milk quality or that mastitis difference in a higher somatic cell count approximately how much that would affect my days open or my pregnancy rate or or isn't there anything kind of surrounding more at a more at a herd level than just a specific cow level so yes that the researchers saw how the pregnancy rate goes down in a 10% when the somatic cells increase to 200,000 and the pregnancy rate follow uh, go down 10%, the somatic cell increase to 400,000. And that effect is not only seen with the insemination, but with the in the research with the embryo transfer, they saw that the reduction in pregnancy rate goes to 25% when the somatic cell increase to 400,000 cells per milliliter. And that the effect on the days open, and I didn't find any research that worked with the days open, but we can have an idea that the days open are affected too, no? Because of that embryo loss in the early stage. Does it matter, Patricia, when the cow gets mastitis, it would seem to me like it would. Does it matter if they if they actually get infected when they're dry versus, you know, when they've been fresh or right around breeding time or, you know, from the time you inseminate them so they don't have mastitis when you inseminate them, but maybe a week or two later, then they come down with a bad case of mastitis. Does that, it would seem like to me that that should make a difference. You want to comment on that or doesn't it seem to make a lot of difference? Yeah, that is one of the factors that affect the, 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 the relationship in between mastitis and reproductive performance. So really when the mastitis diagnosed occur close to the AI, the negative effects are, uh, you can see uh, high, the pregnancy rate goes down, uh, around the day zero of the insemination. So uh, that you see how the pregnancy rate goes down when the mastitis occur in the insemination. Uh, so when we talked that the three days before and the days after the insemination, there is a risk period for the start of the pregnancy. So uh, in that days, not only the subclinical mastitis, but, but the chronic mastitis uh, has remarkable effects. So it kind of seems to be the bottom line, um, Patricia, is it that, uh, you know, try and keep your somatic cell count down. Not only is it good for your milk quality and your premiums, but it's also really helps you from a reproductive standpoint. Or do you have any uh, kind of words of wisdom for the listeners today? So that we have to continue working in the in the prevention of mastitis, okay? Because we know that we are not going to have only 
a short-term uh, loss with the meat production, but that the mastitis are affecting. So yes, that we know that after demonstrate that relationship in between mastitis and the reproductive performance and that we can quantify that effect in pregnancy rates in the days open, in the number of service per conception, we have to emphasize the importance of the prevention of mastitis because you demonstrate that you don't have only uh, short-term effects with the loss of milk production, but a long-term effects in the reproductive efficiency. So, uh, because that represents an loss for the farm farms with low pregnancy rates, like I said, and the increase in the embryo mortality, increase in the incidence of abortion. So, and probably we have to talk about some kind of strategic insemination uh, have mastitis and we can think in more specific um, recommendation or more deep recommendation like uh, selection for that characteristic of uh, resistant to mastitis of law or that the less somatic cell counts, for example. Yeah, it seems to me like this would be kind of a whole herd conversation, right? So as we're talking about um, incidences of mastitis on the farm and how that relates to, you know, all the other production and reproduction on the farm, it's good to have that conversation with our veterinarian and the people that are milking the cows and, you know, your nutritionist, because uh, nutrition is going to be affected this way too. So kind of getting everybody on the same page as far as, you know, how are we going to strategically plan out our reproduction protocol based on maybe the level of mastitis that we have on their farm, or what are some preventative measures that we could do to reduce our incidence of mastitis. Now, Jim, do you see that on, on the farms that you work with, that they're kind of putting some programs like this together, or at least talking about it? Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think, you know, this, this research isn't all new. And so I think there's been a lot of discussions that if you're running a, a high somatic cell count, it is going to hurt your reproduction. And so it's, it's a, another reason, I guess, you know, a lot of areas and a lot of listeners, uh, the premiums for just higher milk quality or lower somatic cell count, a lot of those have decrease pretty dramatically. But I think there's a lot of other reasons to make sure your milk quality stays good. And one is, obviously, we don't want to hurt reproductive performance. Um, you know, we don't want to be culling cows. As Patricia mentioned, you're going to have more early embryonic loss, losses. So I do think it's um, probably just another reason to really make sure that we keep that somatic cell count down. Does anybody else have any other comments? If not, I think it's really been good. Thanks for joining us. Patricia on this episode of the I-29 Moo University podcast. Make sure you check the episode notes. We'll put, uh, make sure we have Patricia's PowerPoint in there. So there'll be links and other resources on this topic and other information from our sponsors. Uh, th again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me and to, for welcoming me.
I-29 MU-U is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.